church. Morning. All right, let's stand on up. All right, don't worry, it's not a flash mob.
talking about don't stop our God-given dreams today. Welcome everyone to Haven Community Church. Let's worship the Lord.
will rejoice and be glad in it. Today is the day you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Today is the day you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Today is the day you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I won't worry about tomorrow. I'm giving you my fears and sorrows. Where you Today is the day. 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 life like sometimes you have a week that's just crazy anybody have one anybody want one i got another one coming on but yet um i'm always often reminded about uh, just like are we at a point in our lives where where it's just well like god hey you got control of this and we've been spending uh, several weeks talking about our, about dreaming big and today we're going to wrap that series up and we're we're talking about don't give up on your dreams so many people give up on their dreams and so um so I know some people may be going through a really difficult time. Just know that, get to the point that God's got it, and it's going to be well.
Father, as we're here, just send your Holy Spirit, just fill the room, fill our hearts, fill our minds. For those, I just, um, I've just felt um, from this whole kind of weekend and day that just even in my own spirit that I'm unsettled. Uh, and so, God, it could be transition. It could just be life, whatever it may be. It could just be where I'm, not, I'm just not focusing on you. But, God, just get us settled and focused on you. We love you, God. And to the remainder of this time, as we now move into the time where we honor you, um, continuing our worship where we honor you through your tithe and our offerings, God, just let us just um, bask in your presence. Let us seek what you have for us. And may you, re- may you receive our full ounce of worship in Christ's name. Give your uh, blessing upon these gifts and tithes and multiply them and use them here and around the world to do your ministry. In Christ's name we pray. of new
all that is within I lay it all down for the sake of you All right, before you sit down, get, say hello to somebody as our children head to our Shirlane ministry, and may you say, hi, how you doing? All right, happy Labor Day. That means summer's officially over. My wife told me I had to wear my white pants one more time. I told her I'm wearing them in the middle of winter. I'm a rebel. All right, so here we go. See, there we go. Okay. <laughs> All right, great to have everyone here today. If you're visiting today, welcome. Um, we Hopefully you received a card um, that you could go ahead and fill out. Um, and, uh, and go ahead, just you can um, give it to someone. We have a small gift for you. Um, but we're just glad that you're our guest today and glad that you're here. Um, and for everyone else um, on Church Online, we know several are traveling this week, getting that last vacation in, getting that extended weekend in. So we want to uh, give thanks to everyone there, um, you know, and ask for traveling mercies to be upon them until they get back with us. Uh, a couple other things I just want to touch on here. Um, the all-in Bible study. Um, we showed that clip last week. We will be getting that the second week of October. Um, if you want to go all in in your relationship with Christ, um, we, we're going to have small groups. There's sign-ups going around. I think there, there's one on the floor there. Um, we want to ask you if you would. They, they're blue on the top. Send, start sending those around if you would. Um, start sending those around to anyone who would like to be part of that, whether you'd like to host, uh, meaning you'll just open your house, or whether you just wanted to go ahead and... Um, and also lead a group, we're going to have some training for that. So we would love for everyone to be connected to All In. Um, and that's when our, our leadership training will be on, um, you can see that, small group training, September 18th. Uh, men's and women's groups are starting. Um, you can see the information about that as well. And youth group events as well. Now, there also is another sign-up that will be going around, I believe, um, and that is for Community Kitchen, which... Um, we help with Community Kitchen, and that will be Friday, September 7th, so we need people to sign up for different things for that as well. You also have an insert continuing in there for um, the blankets, uh, blanket bags of care to help the homeless. So um, that insert tells you everything that you need, and we would love to have you go ahead and continue to help with that as well. All right? Um, I do want to lift up some prayer requests, if we can at this time. Um, for Dana, all the teachers and students who are going back to school. Where are our teachers? If they could stand, please. Where's our teachers? Anyone who's a teacher here? Okay, there you go. All right. So, now I didn't want you to clap for them. Stop. Okay. And stay standing real quick if you don't mind. I'm sorry if you're visiting. I didn't mean to do that. Um, but I just want to pray for you guys. Okay, can we do that? Let's pray for the teachers. Lord God, just be with our teachers um, this year. We know that in many cases there are some very, um, very difficult situations, and they're doing it out of love 
for others. And so, God, we just pray that regardless of what their class may be, regardless of who's in there, regardless of everything else that's going about that, that you'll give them a blessed year and that, God, you will go before them and around them and they will have the greatest year in you. And we give you praise in Christ's name. Everybody said amen. amen. We want to definitely go ahead and keep them in your prayers as going back to school. Um, Joe uh, Fleming asked for prayers for um, and comfort for... Uh, for a larger group, um, Senator John McCain and Aretha Franklin. Um, also, Bobby Burke um, asked for prayers. Hannah Cronin um, and Isaiah Ferguson, uh, their son Sam, um, it was delivered five weeks early. And is everything okay? This would have been Bonnie Racine's great grandchild, right? So we want to. Continue to lift them all in prayers. Joanne Edwards asked for prayer for Harry Landis for healing from cancer, and also safe travels for Buck and Janet Edwards returning to Missouri on Tuesday. We lift up prayers there. Also, Rebecca, we want to lift you up in your prayers as her father passed away very suddenly while they were on uh, a cruise. So we want to lift them in prayers, uh, and if you can, also continue to lift up the Crockett family as we had his service this last week. Okay, so we want to go to the Lord. We also know that. Uh, Dan and Brielle are here, are going to um, get, get hitched this week, so they're going to be married. Um, so we're thankful for the, for the good news in the midst of everything. All right? Also, um, Ray Caldwell is in the hospital, and he asked for prayers. So we want to lift Ray in the hospital. Uh, he's up at Union Hospital, so lift Ray in your prayers as well. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you today, and we just want to thank you for all the people that are here and those who are in the sound of my voice, those who want to, want to connect to you, God. That's what it's about. It's not about me or anyone else. It's about you. And so as we uh, lifted up these names today, we pray that your Holy Spirit will touch them, whether it's a transition of school and things like that, whether it's our college students who have gone back or maybe have gone for the first time or those who have transitioned into the workforce or just transitioning back from having several months off back into the classroom. We ask that you be with them. For those who are dealing with uh, loss and death and illness, God, a special touch on them to fill their hearts and to fill the void that is left by, um, by loss and, and death. And God, just everything else, we take this time, we commit it to you, as now we move further into the time where we hear your word and, and the message you've laid on in my heart. God, just help us to uh, not, never stop dreaming, never stop dreaming and always trust in you. In your name we pray, amen. Good morning. This morning's reading is from the book of Genesis, chapter 37. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Verses 5 through 7. We continue on. 19 through 20. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams.
time to dream big. Everybody good? Okay, good. Um, we have been sharing this Dream Big series um, for basically for the month of August. It seems like it's uh, extended a little bit into September because we are in September, which is weird. But um, we've been, we talked about a lot of different things. And today I really wanted to go ahead and, and, and take time to really figure out, you know, the whole thing about giving up on our dreams. So many of us have. How many have ever had a dream of doing something really kind of amazing, really kind of cool, but like you, you didn't like something happened and you stopped, stopped dreaming. Like for me, I, I wanted to be a major league baseball player. And number one, does somebody say all? Okay, well that's good. Thank, thanks for the. Um, uh, this is not a build for a major league baseball player. I'm still trying to figure out what it is a build for. Uh, but um, also, when you can't hit a curveball or a fastball, you're pretty much not going to be a major league baseball player unless you can throw 90 miles an hour, which I can't do any of those things. So guess what? My dream went poof, right? Um, but there's other dreams that we have, God-given dreams that we give up on. And we've spent some time in the last several weeks really talking about dreams. And our theme verse for this has been this one right here from Psalm uh, 126. Go ahead, and you can see right here with me. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, keep in mind they were in a bad place. He restored them. We were like those who did what? Like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of what? And then it was said among the nations, here we go, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are filled with? What it tells us there is that those who dream have joy. Many of us hate going to work in the morning because our dreams are crushed. We think we're going to have the greatest job ever, and we don't like it. And we miss the joy in that because we don't look at the dream that God may have placed upon our hearts and our lives. And God, when we look that God has done great things for us, we come to the point that I shared week number one, which was simply this, that you have no idea in your life what God may produce through a single seed planted in faith. Week one, we talked about Planning in faith, planning in faith and putting that seed in the right place, just saying, here you go. And Jesus told us that when you plant one seed of faith, that it can bring you 30, 60, 100 fold, just that one seed of faith. And then we started talking about being in the right place and right time and several different things like that. Today, what I want to do, and, and last week we were talking about where we see God in the midst of things. Today, what I want to do is I want to... I want to go back and I want to look at this verse from Proverbs, which we shared last week, because it's still important that we have to see where God is moving. He said, if my people can't see what God is doing, then they stumble all over themselves. They stumble all over themselves, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And so we need, one of the questions some people are asking me is, how do I know if it's God or if it's a bad pizza I ate last night? How do I know if it's God? Or Taco Bell, right? Here we go. All right, so I want it's not on your, on your sheet, but I, I just was really thinking about this. Okay, we have a dream, but how do we know that it's from God? I wanna sh- you can write these down somewhere if you want to. If not, you can just hang on for the ride. There are four really quick things. Number one, does it line up with Scripture? Does it line up with the Bible? If it doesn't line up with God's Word, then guess what? It's the pizza or Taco Bell, just to let you know. Um, will it make me more like Jesus? Because isn't that why, and some of us go, wait a second, I can't be like Jesus. But that's what we're to strive to become. We're, just, we're supposed to become better. We're supposed to become more like him. We may never achieve it, but if there's a goal that takes me further away from Jesus, then that's not it. 
The next thing is, do spiritual advisors or authority confirm it? One of the greatest things that anybody can have is if you have spiritual authority in your life. I've had some of the craziest things in my mind, and I've gone ahead and, and had them in my mind that seemed like it was the right thing to do, and I've gone ahead and shared with a couple spiritual advisors or people, authority in my life that I have in my life, and I share it with them, and I'm waiting for them to go, wow, that's amazing. And they go, uh. I'm like, what do you mean, uh? Can't you see? And they're like, I don't know, Jack. You know, I'm like, well, and then what I do, I ignore them, and I go to somebody else, and I go and talk to them, and I say, hey, listen to this, and, and so-and-so went, uh, and they go, yeah, uh, right? So, so sometimes you need people who are spiritually mature and people who you look to to bounce that off of to see if it's of God. And then the last thing is, it's a, is it focused on others? God's not going to give something that's going to put the focus on me and make me be, be incredible and lift me up higher. If it focuses on him and others, then it's probably something of God. So we need to look at that. So anyway, uh, I just wanted to kind of share those things right there. And so what I want to do in the rest of this service today is I want, to, I want to kind of give this or dedicate this to all of you who had days where you wanted to give up. Anybody had one of them? Anybody had less than 100 of them? Anybody had more than 3 million of those in your lifetime? That you just want to give up on what's going on. And much of that is your dream that you want to give up. And often when I start to sit and think, I, start to, I started to think about the times when this church or starting a church was part of a dream for me. And I look today and I'm like, wow, I have to step back and look. But many of you only know about 10% of how the dream came about. In the midst of that, there were several different times. Some of you were along for the ride. Some of you remember the middle school days of set up and tear down and going to get the trailer. And the days where it was freezing cold and we had that rain and it froze the lock and you couldn't get in the trailer. And we were looking for anybody who smoked to go ahead and heat it up to get into the trailer. Meanwhile, people came in, oh, what a great service. And you're like, no, it's not. You know, you're in that point. Or the days where it was so hot in the middle school. And you had fans. It was like preaching in a wind tunnel. It was everywhere. And you're, you're speaking over the top of that. Or where you would have the issues of feedback, right? The sound people and, and Andy and Dana and, and others who've been back there are awesome. But there were days where you took, what's the first warm body in the room? Go sit down. And it would go, like that feedback. Anybody ever heard feedback? Andy, can you give us some feedback? Shut up. I'm controlling this. Here we go. So. See, look, you guys have all taken it for granted now, haven't you? You can't get it? There you go, right? So, thank you, Andy. Um, and just to let you know, they control my life. They can say, end of sermon, vroom, you know, like that, every week. But here's the thing about that. Here's the thing about that. That was almost a weekly occurrence. Does anybody remember? Anybody around that long? And you're like, oh, please. And you got people coming in and you say, we're going to do great today. We have everything set up and nothing works at all. Or the day that it was so hot and we were going to meet in the cafeteria. And they had air conditioning in there. And we were all set to do that. And guess what? The guy, wherever he is, I still don't know where he is. He's in maybe iCloud somewhere. Did not set it up. So it was hotter in there. I should have given a sermon on hell because it was so hot in that room. All right. You know, um, there's been several other situations where, uh, where all kinds of things went crazy that uh, occurred where you thought you would have that. Or even times when everything goes to plan there, but you've had uh, a family argument or, or something like that. And you go to 
preach on how you need to have the family of God. And meanwhile, I've done something so stupid, Melissa wants to ring me around my neck. And I put on a smile and go, hey, welcome to church. Hi, honey. And she's like, yeah, I want to kill you. You know, that kind of stuff. That happens behind the scenes of this, or even to the point where you're promised this, this great gift and following and, and to help you plant the church, and all of it goes away. And it was all just a myth. And you don't know what the dream, you don't know that there were more days that I wanted to pack it in and leave than this dream because the dream became a nightmare in many cases to me. And for many of you, you've stopped on your dreams because they become what you seem as nightmares. And you just accept where you are in life. You can't have a series on dreams if you don't talk about Joseph in the Old Testament. And today, I want this to really be for the Josephs who are here, who want to give up, who doubt that their dream will ever happen. But I want to tell you something. Dreams are birthed before they are achieved. And the birthing process, I didn't have to go through it myself, but I don't think anybody says, whoa, birthing, I'd like to do that every day. It's a painful process that brings about an incredible joy. Same thing with dreams. So let's talk about Joseph today. Because often many of us see the dream and we say, God, you know what? Um, I know, Jesus, you are the Alpha and the Omega, but the problem is I'm living in between. And I know that you got the beginning and I know that you got the end, but in the middle, this really stinks in life. And Joseph experienced some of that. Joseph was the 11th kid of 11. And he had these dreams. And he decided he was, he was a favorite. He was the baby of the family. Anybody the baby of the family? How many of you are spoiled as the baby of the family? There you go. All right. So there's, there's that nature. But even so, he was his father's favorite. And so all the other brothers would work out and sweat in the field. Joseph got a nice multicolored decorated coat and got to stay at home. So the brothers are out there working, working, sweating, just going crazy. And all of a sudden, here's what happens. He goes to them to tell them about his dreams. It says this. Here we go. Joseph. Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers, they hated him. What, how much did they hate him? All the more. You know what that means? They hated him already. Probably because, hi, guys. Did you have a tough day? Oh, it was so bad in here. I was helping dad. Just kicking back, you know, watching the Flintstones. I don't know. Whatever he's doing. And here he is, and they hated him already. And now they hate him all the more because here's what he said to them. Listen to the stream I had, guys. Now keep in mind, you can see him, not, you know, his, everything's perfect. He walks out in his nice little coat, and he walks out there, and they're sweating, and they're going crazy, and they're just had enough of the day, and they see him co- coming, and he says, Listen to this. We were, I was having this dream, and here's my dream. We, uh, let me see right here. At a dream, blah, blah. He said to them, we were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose up and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around me and all bowed down to me. Just want to tell you guys that. Enjoy the rest of your day, right? <laughs> How many of you may have felt that way at some point if you, if you think mom or dad likes some, your brother or sister better and they're getting the best of it? How come I don't always? And they come out and say, meh. That's basically what he's doing, right? That's exactly what he's doing. They hated him all the more because they already hated him because he was the baby. He was spoiled. He had a nice little coat. He was clean. They were sweaty and dirty. They were all messed up. He was neat. And they were jealous of him. And he tells them that they're going to bow down to him. 
as was read to us in verse 19 and 20. The immaturity, uh, this tells us uh, why Joseph may, maybe not had his dreams answered in a way, because he was immature, he was selfish, he was a little bit of a punk, and so here's what you have. They go to verse 20, 19 and 20. He's coming back another day to tell him maybe another dream, and look what they say here. Here comes that dreamer. They said to each other, come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say a ferocious animal died him. That's really hating your sibling. Now, some of you may have thought that's a good method to deal with your sibling. Let's kill him and throw him in a cistern. That's what they wanted to do. That's how much of a punk he was. We don't have that in the Bible, that Joseph was a punk, but he was. If he was my brother, I'd say, yeah, let's at least maim him really well. And so they do this because he came and mocked. And then they said, and listen to the last statement. It's a powerful statement. Then let's see what becomes of his dreams. In your life, you may have had somebody who mocked your dreams. And you may have been in an immature place, not ready for that dream. But God may have placed that vision in your life and needs it to come to fruition. But because of maybe your immaturity, where you are in life, and because of the approach you took to it, other people are mocking you. So here's what we need to learn from the Bible about not giving up on our dreams. About not giving up on our dreams. Never give up on your dream. Don't give up on your dream, even if it didn't start off well. That's our first blank. Even if it didn't start off well. Maybe you have a dream and a passion in your life, and then life happens. You may have done something that you feel disqualifies you And you may say, God can't possibly use somebody who did that. God can't possibly forgive someone who did that. And for some of you, life didn't start off too well. And you believe that God couldn't forgive you. I did the funeral, and this was in public, so I'm not speaking on anyone's behalf, for uh, David Crockett this week. And David lived a tormented life. I started the funeral by saying at funerals, a lot of times people like people to go ahead and be saints. And David would hate that because that's not who he was. He was somebody who was tormented by life. In his dying days, he finally got still before God. And one of the main things that came out as his mother, Wanda, began to share with him was this. He said, Mom, I've done things that God can't forgive me for. You know, it's a bad pattern in your life, and you see the pattern in life where when you deal with hurt, and hurt becomes anger, and anger puts you into positions and places and to do things that you, you feel you should never do, and then guess what? The enemy's right there to dump guilt on you, and you're in that bad cyclical pattern if you believe that God can't forgive you. Somebody in the sound of my voice right now may be saying, Jack, you don't know what I've done in my life. And guess what I'm going to tell you? I don't care. And here's what's even more important. God doesn't either. He doesn't just wait for you to do something and say, okay, I'll forgive that one, not this one. As I read the scripture, Jesus paid the price for all sins and forgives everything you've done. That's the best thing you're going to hear this week, I hate to tell you. That no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, he has forgiven you. And you need, if you don't hear anything else about this, you need to hear that you are forgiven. Satan loves to throw the stuff in our way to keep us and convince us that we're not good enough. 
But I want to tell you something I think is really kind of cool. If you have messed up in your life, if there's things that you wonder, I don't know whether God can forgive that, you are actually in a better position, I believe, for God to use you. And I'm going by that from Scripture. God uses people like King David, who is a murderer and an adulterer. He uses Jacob, who was a deceiver and a con artist and tried to always get one-upmanship on somebody else. He was not a good person. When he thought his brother was coming to kill him, he sent his wife and kids and everything he owned across, and he stayed on the other side. That's a big-time punk, right? And then there's a guy that when God wanted in the early part of the church, when Jesus needed someone after he had ascended to heaven to go ahead and be the evangelist and be the church planner, he didn't go find somebody who was with him all the time. He didn't go find somebody who, uh, like Lazarus who had been there and who was his friend. He found a murderer named Paul whose name was Saul. And when Saul was on the road to Damascus, Jesus blinded him and said, why are you persecuting me? And if it wasn't for, for Saul who became Paul, where would the church today be? You see, he murdered the church and God used him to spread the evangelism of the church more than anybody else. That's why Paul writes in his words, I am the worst of all sinners. So if you think you're bad, you can't go ahead against Paul. God, your dream can be a reality even if you're going through some stuff lately. Even if you're going through a lot of stuff lately. Look at what it says in 1 Timothy. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord. And this is Paul writing. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength that he, and I think this is one of the greatest verses, that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and un. Can we go back to that last slide real quick? I want to show you something here. Look at what it says here. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength and that he considered me faithful. In other words, Paul's saying I wasn't faithful, but Jesus considered me faithful. That should give you an intense amount of hope with your dreams today. That even though you're a mess, even though that the days are filled with wanting to give up, that God still considers you faithful even when you are not. I'm doing this a lot better than you're reacting right now, okay? So that's awesome because it is only but for the grace of God that I'm not just a zapped pile right here because even though I'm faithless, he considers me faithful. That should touch your heart in some way today. You see, every week, every week before I get ready to speak, I say something really quick, and I say it this way. After I've prayed and after we may have prayed together, I say to myself, it's kind of like when you're, when you're going out on a football field and you, you hit a sign and you go, I say, God, do your thing with A-N-G. God, do your thing. I don't know what it's going to be, but I want you to do it because you got to get me out of the way because I am faithless and you are faithful. Whatever you do, know that God considers you faithful and sees that you can do something else in life, that you can do something greater. It's not about what you've done, so don't base what you think you are on uh, who you think you are. Base it on God's idea of who, who you are, and he finds you his child and finds you faithful. Number two, don't give up on the dream, even though the journey is full of surprises. It's full of surprises. Chances are you will probably have bad days, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to back it up in a second. You will probably have double the bad days than the good days. Double the bad days and the good days. And you may say, well, Jack, 
you need to be more positive, okay? I'm positive that you're going to have double the bad days <laughs> than the good days when you're following God's dream. Let's look at Joseph's life. Let's look at it here. So I want you to see, I want you to help me here. Is it a give up or a keep on? All right? We're going to play like a little game show. Everybody good? Okay. Sold into slavery to Potiphar. Is that a give up or keep on? Give up. There you go. You guys, this is like group participation here. That means you got to participate. All right. So we'll, we'll mark that one out. Next one. Let's see the next one up here. The next one. Li- he's living in a strange country far away from home. Is that a give up or keep on? A lot louder. It's a what? Give up. Okay. There we go. Next one. Here we go. Shown favor in Potiphar's house. Keep on. There we go. Good. You're getting this. Okay. Yeah, I, I heard that one. Thank you, Becky. All right. Next one. Here we go. He's falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, just to let you know. He says he was a handsome dude. So that would, that's probably why his brothers hated him all the more, too. He was a handsome, good-looking guy. And Potiphar's wife said, mm, I'm going to get my hands on some of that Joseph. All right? She tried to get her hands on him, and he said, no, I'm not going to go ahead. I'm not doing anything. I'm not going to disrespect God or, or the, the master. So he, she, she was really adamant about it. So much she grabbed hold of his coat, and he got out of his clothes and took off running. That's somebody who's really after you. That's how good-looking Joseph was. All right? So that's what happens. So then what happens is she has his coat and said, he tried to rape me. All right? And so he's in trouble with Potiphar, falsely accused. Is that a give-up day? There you go. All right. There we go. Give up. We'll strike that one out. Next one. Because of that, he's thrown into prison. Give up or keep on? Give up. Here we go. The last one. He's put in charge of all the prisoners because the warden likes him. And the prison back then was kind of like, it wasn't like they are now. It's a dungeon. They probably had a guy like Quasimodo, like, you know, you're doing that. And so he put him in charge of the prisoners. Is that a, a give up or a keep on? There you go. Now you guys are getting it. Yeah, I like it. All right. Next one. So... Um, he is, while he's in there, he meets the cupbearer of the king, and Joseph interprets some dreams for him, and he says, hey, this is what's going to happen. You're going to be back there. When you get back to Pharaoh, don't forget me. He says, don't worry. I won't forget you. I won't forget you. Not, no problem at all. And here's what happens. Next one. He's forgotten by the cupbearer. Is that a give up or a keep on? Give up. All right, good. And then what begins to happen? He, forgot, he was forgotten so much about him that he stayed in prison for two more years. Give up or keep on? Give up. And then after he interp- he's remembered and he's interpreted Pharaoh's dreams, Pharaoh puts him second in charge of all of Egypt. What is that? I keep on. As I've shown to you, I hope this is encouraging to you, he had double the bad days than the good days. Double that. From his brothers wanting to kill him, to selling him into human trafficking, to being good and not going ahead and sleeping with Potiphar's wife, to being falsely accused of it, to spending time in prison, to interpreting a dream, to think you're getting out, to be forgotten. God was there all along, the whole way. Romans 8, 28 reminds us of this. And we know that in all things, how much? All things. God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God is at work in all things, in everything. God is at work. So don't give up, number three. Don't give up even if it takes a long time to realize it. It will take time. It will take time. It will take time. I had a dream for this church and for the church not fully knowing what to expect. 
some two and a half to three years before I was ever able to, ha- uh, to begin that process. And I was asking God, why? Where, where, what's going on? Am I, is my dream wrong? Is my dream wrong? And when I had the opportunity to pursue in the dream, I was stuck. And God's saying, here's what you asked for. I wasn't ready two and a half years ago. And sometimes, I, and I tell people, I knew what I was doing for about the first month of this church. And I still don't have a clue. It's just me and God trying to figure it out. And that's why we're going to use this verse from last week, from this chapter last week, Habakkuk. And look what it says here. These things I plan, God says, won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. We all love that word, don't we? Don't we all love to be patient? I'll just say, "Mm, I'd love to be patient. I've always told people, don't pray for patience, because God will give you things to be patient about. Then he, he doesn't just go from the heavens and say, Jack, you now have patience, huh? No, he, makes me, he gives me things that drive me batty to see if I'm going to be patient. Be patient. And listen to this. They will not be overdue a single day. It happens in God's timing. God, may, God's plan is never late, but he's right on time. Not our time. And we live in a time where we want instantaneous. We want something. We jump on Amazon. We say, two days? No. What do they have on one day free shipping? Boom. Right? How many of you have cut out that two-day shipping because you want it now? Remember that, remember that uh, old Queen song? I want it all. I want it all. I want it all. And I want it now. Right? That's how we live life. We used to get on, a, on for an MP3 song, and we'd wait 45 minutes. And now if we have to wait 45 seconds, we are steaming. Because we want it all and we want it now. That's how we live in this world. But i got to tell you, if that's how you live your relationship with God, you are in for a lifetime of heartache because God does not go by our schedules. Galatians 6.9 tells us this. We need to believe along the way. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not, what? If we do not give up. So here's some things that I really believe that if we embrace these things here and don't give up, we don't give up, that these are things that you can add to life that can increase and keep your dream. I believe one of my jobs as a pastor is to encourage you in the midst of the struggle. And so that's what I'm going to try to do with these principles. And I really, really think these are some of the most important principles I can ever give to you. Um, And so let's go. All right. Number one, recognize and appreciate the process or value the process. When something happens to you, here's what I've learned, and I don't like it. God wants to do something in you. God, let, me, let me be clear here. Everybody look at me. God does not cause the situations, but God will use them to do something positive in you. Remember, God works in all things. Remember that? All things, the good, the bad, the ugly. He works in all things. God will use it. Often what we end up doing is we're in a situation and we pray for God to remove it. God, remove it. God, move this thing. And maybe that thing that's in there, God is using to teach us and have us grow in the midst of that. Paul talked about a thorn in his flesh, and he pleaded with God to remove it. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. What was he teaching him here? That that's there to remind you that it is only you are here by my undeserved love. That I am put you in the position that you are only because of my undeserved love. And I want you to remind that that's all you need to make it through life. That's what you need. Sometimes your dream needs to overcome stuff. 
in order to be ready for that. Sometimes God needs to teach you something. Just like Joseph, if Joseph had had his brothers bowing down to him when he was in the field saying, I got a dream. Eh, You want to hear my dream? Bow down, bow down. It would have been a disaster. Joseph went through a process of refining. And one of the interesting things is when gold is refined, it's heated up. If the gold talked during that time, they they would probably say, ouch, eh, no, I like it the way I am. Leave me alone. I'm shiny anyway. Ouch. But when you Go ahead, they skim away the impurities on the top. And maybe the stuff that you're going through is just God getting rid of that stuff to move away the purity so that your dream can be fulfilled. You see, often we live in a time also where we like comfort. And I want to tell you something. God is not concerned with your comfort. He's more concerned with your character. I am also as a parent. Like sometimes my kids will say something like, well, we don't know this. And I say, I don't care. I don't want to go to school. I don't care. Get up and go. Because I don't want you here all your life. My job is to get you a good enough character so you leave. (laughs) Right? Any parents say amen. There we go. Yeah, there you go. I love them. And I hear they're like boomerangs. They keep coming back and forth. But that's okay. As long as you're heading into a direction. That's awesome. Always willing to be here. As long as you're heading in a direction. But if you're going to sit around and think, I am going to take care of you until you're 75. eh, Right? Because... I want your character to be good. I want you to make an impact on the world. God has gifted you to do something incredibly awesome, greater than I can do. Find it. Go with it. And if I allow you to enjoy your comfort in life, if my parents allowed me to enjoy my comfort in life and I just lived in their basement till I'm now 47, you know all the good stuff I would have messed up on? I would not have done this. I wouldn't have taught. I probably, I definitely wouldn't have got married. Right? No, see? God wanted to produce something in my character. And I I wish that the church and Christians would just look more about their character than their comfort. I think it's awesome that this week in Laogon, one of the other church plants down there, that they worship under wood posts with sheets over top, and they had three days of prayer in the midst of this week. Ain't too comfortable. Boy, you can tell their character. Where's your character with God? First Peter, it says this. So be truly glad. There is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you may have to endure many trials for a little while. These trials show that your faith is what? Genuine. It is being tested by the fire and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong in the many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus is revealed to the world. James says this, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face many trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. I've never had anybody who's going through a very difficult time. As I look around this room, and I know many of you are, it says, man, I am in a hospital. Whoa, God, go. Yeah, I'm testing. Yes, yes, yes. More trial, more trial, more trial. No, I've never met anybody do that. Right? But we're told here, consider it pure joy your joy because God's doing something in your life. You need to be refined with him. Number two. In order not to give up on my dream and believe along the way, I need to refuse to let offenses stop me. This is a major one. It's a major one. Because guess what? They're going to come. Something's going to come. 
Somebody's going to tell you something. Somebody's going to say something that you don't like. I think there's some people in life who take spiritual gifts assessments, and they talk and they say, mine's prophecy, mine's healing, mine's teaching, mine's misery, and I'm going to pass it on to everyone I meet. I'm going to share, I'm going to be miserable, hi, I'm the spiritual gift of miserable, and um, I'm going to infect you, right? Anybody know people like that? It's just like, they really take it as a badge of honor. Hi, welcome to, welcome to misery, here I am. Here's company, okay? Because um, misery loves company, you get it, okay. I got to tell you something. If you don't forgive every day, your dreams will die. Unforgiveness and bitterness is the greatest stop, stopping point to your, your dreams being fulfilled. It is a dream killer more than any I've had. Look at Joseph. Joseph was sold by his brothers into human trafficking. He was, went to prison because of the whole Potiphar situation. He's no longer an 18, 17, 18-year-old 18 boy with his life ahead of him. He's now in his 40s, and he's an Egyptian. He has the Egyptian look, probably like the movies, has the eye mascara and, you know, like the dress kind of thing and has a little snake on his head or whatever. And so here he is. He's here. He's, he's now been, he's done exactly what the dreams told him to. He's put, like, grain along the side. He's kept on to that. He has it. All of a sudden, here his brothers come in, needing grain, and they bow before him. And you can bet those years went, whoop. And if they were my brothers, I'd be like, time to get you sucker, right? <laughs> and that's how it would have been if he was in his 20s and was still that immature who had everything handed to him, and it was easy life. But because of the experience he had, he looked at them and he said, hey, he did have some fun with them for a while. Read the story, it's awesome. But he looked at them and he said, I'm your brother Joseph. Can you imagine what they thought at that moment? Uh-oh. And he says this. One of the greatest verses in Scripture. Genesis chapter 50. Here it is. Right here, chapter 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. I got to tell you, if Jill did that stuff to me, she'd be out. Head off. Torture her a little bit. Give her like, maybe like beetles infest her armpits or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Run camels on her. Whatever it may be. You would be spat upon by a thousand camels. I don't know. Something I would come up with. something Because guess what? And that's why God hasn't put me in that position. Because I need some more character development. Joseph did exactly what God needed him to do. Because we got, you might have intended something. Just every day when there's somebody who does something wrong to you, look at them and just say to them in your head, in your prayer time, if you got that person every day, say, God, I know so-and-so is going to intend for harm, but you're going to intend this for good. And I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to forgive them. I forgive them from yesterday. Look at what it says in Luke chapter 17. Then Jesus said to his disciples, it is impossible. Everybody say impossible. impossible. That no offense should come. So guess what that means for tomorrow? Somebody's going to offend you. Guess what that means for when you leave here in church, when you're feeling all churchy and godly? Somebody's going to offend you. You are going to be offended. You're going to be offended whether you like it or not. Ephesians chapter 6 says this. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That person who drives you batty, that person who, who you just uh, are aggravated with, it's not about them. 
It's not even about the situation. In your marriage, it's not even about the argument. It's not even about the spouse of yours or whatever. It's not about that. It's about what's going on in the spiritual world. It's about that Satan wants to kill your dreams that God has placed in your heart and your life. And if he kills your dreams, he kills your relationships because God intended for your dreams to come true. God intended for all these things. And if we don't get hold of the fact and forgive this, and I tell you, some days you need to wake up and you know you're going to be offended or you've been offended the day before. You need to mention them in your prayer life by name. And then you need to say, when, on the days that are good, you need to say, God, I got to tell you, I don't know who it is, but somebody's going to tick me off today. I'm forgiving them in advance. And see if it doesn't change your attitude and so you don't get off track in the dream that you have. We all have haters, right? I'm kind of surprised that people hate me. I think I'm pretty likable. I'm like, but some people have said some really nasty things about me. You know? You get them. Yeah, that's right. All right? You know? But anybody ever said anything about you and you're like, what? How did that? You do something nice just because you do it nice? And somebody's like, oh, they just wanted to be seen. I'm like, no, I didn't. And you start getting all, well, maybe I shouldn't do. Maybe because that's all Satan's tool. It's not about the person. It's about the spiritual realm that we're, ta- that we're hearing about. Pray in advance. Number three. Everybody ready for number three? Remember, God is always with me. Remember every day that God is with you. Remember that God is with you. In Genesis 39, look at this through, through Joseph's life. This is when Joseph was sold in slavery. The Lord was with Joseph. So that he prospered. That's when he was a slave after his brother sold him in. Let's move up a little bit further when he was in prison. And the Lord was with him and showed him kindness and granted him favor. In the midst of the tragedy, God was with him. Psalm 139 tells us this. If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, then you are there. If I rise on the wings of dawn and if I settle on the far side of the sea... Even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. In other words, if, I, if I'm in heaven, God's there. We got that one. If I'm in hell, God's there. What I want you to hear today is that God is there. Because this week, again, it happened. Something really, really crazy. I'm going to put a person up here. Some of you will have no clue who he is. His name is Andrew Stuckline. He's a pastor of a pretty significant church out in California. He gave a series of sermons, his first series of sermons after coming off a sabbatical for the summer were about depression. And after he gave his sermon, this week he committed suicide. He has a wife and three kids. His father was the founding pastor of the church. His mother's still one of the leaders in the church. Because he struggled with depression and loss. And what he forgot is that even in the midst of the pit of despair, God is with him. He lost a vision somewhere of God being with him, and he couldn't overcome the depression and took his life in a part of the church. You have a community. You have a family. You have three young boys. You don't have a father because somewhere along the line, he lost track that even in the pit, God is with him. In Psalm 46.1, we're told God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. Isaiah 43, when you pass through the waters, 
I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your steed, since you are precious and honored in my sight. And because I love you, I will give people in exchange for the nations, in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. And our last verse here from Jeremiah and then Matthew. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you, and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. I will fight. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you, for I am with you, and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. And lastly, Jesus, one of the last things he started to say was this. And teaching them everything to obey, I have commanded you. And surely, surely what? I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Apart from the dream thing, I really believe that in the sound of my voice, God wants somebody to hear this. I'm with you. You're going through your time of loss and struggle, I'm with you. You think you've done stuff? You think you've been in addiction and you've done some of the most illegal stuff that you think I can't, I can't forgive? I want to let you know I'm right there with you and I forgive you. You need to hear that. God says, I forgive you. The dreams are the second nature when it comes to the, the first part that we lose sight that God is with you. Joseph never lost sight of that and understood that God was with him. I just pray that when you dream big, you'll always remember that God is with you. That God is with you. Amen. I'm going to ask to just stand at the moment and we're going to close out today. Uh, this dream big series. We just um, we switched our song today because I think... Um, I think God's just moving in our hearts and lives. Our, our Stephen ministers are going to come up. And as they come up, um, you're more than welcome to pray with them. Or you can pray where you are. I, I think God just wants to tell you that he, he is the Alpha and the Omega. And he understands that in the midst of what you're going through right now, it's not a, uh, it's not a comfortable place. But look at it as he is refining you. And he's going to make your dreams come true. Because he placed them in your heart. Initially. So use this as a time to go ahead. If you've been in an area where, you, where you've been in a point where you're so low. That you feel like this pastor who, who depression has such a grip on him. And we are thrilled to live in a time where they deal with it medically and other kinds of things. Definitely do that. But also know that you have a God who loves you unconditionally. That you are precious to him. That he would trade the nations for you. That he traded his son's life for you. That he forgives you. That he loves you more than you can even imagine. Don't be a statistic like this pastor who stood on a stage even last week with a game face and talked about uh, talked about uh, being a hot mess and, and, and talked about coming his struggles with depression, but nobody knew the depths of the nature that he was in cost him his life don't leave here today with your dreams broken because somebody like Joseph's brothers didn't see it in you don't leave your dreams today because you're in a point in life where it's a little bit difficult 
push through and know that you have a God who is with you and always will be with you. And he loves you and he forgives you. Don't be and wait like David Crockett to the very last moment of your life to recognize that God loves you unconditionally. I'm thankful that he did. But don't wait to the last point of your life because we don't know when that could be in our lives. Dream big because you have a big God who has a big heart for you. And whether you're going through struggles in your relationships or your marriage, those are all distractions to stop your dreams because our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against that stuff out here. Satan wants to destroy you. Come to the Lord and recognize he wants to be with you. Amen. So I will shout out your name From the rooftops I proclaim That I am yours I am yours All that I am I place into
stop believing on your dream. Don't stop it. Don't stop it. God has placed it in your heart for a reason and influence many people. Next week, we're going to start a new series right here. Untieable. What would Jesus undo? Okay, so we're going to look a little bit there. So what would Jesus undo? Um, anybody ties knots? Come see me. I might have a job for you. All right. Have a great week. God bless.